0: Hi, I'm Ashley Nichols. I'm Casey Boyd-Swan. And this is the Growing Democracy Podcast, a space for citizens, experts, and advocates to create community together. Each week, we invite a guest to talk about civic engagement, governance, and how to grow our democracy. This episode is part of a series on gap-filling, when government and governing institutions fail. We're talking with community leaders about how nonprofit and advocacy organizations, as well as local grassroots groups, are doing the
1: work for the community when the government can't or won't. Yeah. So I think that um, in many ways this is an eye-opening episode for us and and probably for our listeners. Uh, but but one of the things as I reflect on our the person that we're interviewing with today and and the program um, that they're uh, talking about is that we think of, or at least I tend to think of, um, I won't speak for you, this idea of gap filling as kind of, um, you know, pothole filling, where you like take a little bit of something and you put it in and tamp it down and everything's fine again. And that, and Mm -hmm. I I think that that kind of misrepresents the idea of, of what a gap is. A gap can be Right, a ginormous space. <laughs> that's a that's a huge hole, right? So, an uh, an ocean between two islands, um, and that it's a, uh, a a space that is necessary and needed for uh, individuals to fully participate in civic life, and that there are uh, programs out there that are doing this work in just such a broad manner. Um, that's really, really important and gets to a lot more than just like filling a small slice of a pie.
0: Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I come from a a community development background and sometimes we talk about needs and assets, right? So, you know, gap filling could be thought of as responding to a specific need, right? That there is a, a problem or a need that is there. And sometimes that's to the detriment of thinking of all the assets that are available in a space. And I think that in terms of how we've been thinking about gap filling, we've been kind of using the terminology of gap filling, but and in, in in thinking about uh, about it in all these different ways about how organizations come to fill in. But I think one of the ways that organizations, grassroots groups, civic groups do this work is also through kind of uh, kind of I'm, just, I'm like stumbling over my words, but like envisioning or kind of, Um, visualizing the world that they want to see and building that, right? So like building the civic infrastructure to not only fill the gap, but to kind of create a better place, a better world, a better community um, that kind of encompasses um, that there is a need that needs to be filled, but also recognizing that there are all these assets um, um, to be tapped into and mobilized. And I, and I think that this episode really kind of pushed us to, think about that, right? Like it pushed us to think about all the different ways that these organizations, these individuals are not just filling a need or meeting a need, but actually doing so much more that this work has a ripple effect throughout communities.
1: Right. And once again, it's not this hierarchical top down, uh, we're doing this for you. It's that, uh, let's do this together and how do we use uh, the community around us To um, really build something that's important for for every single member in it, Uh, and so it's it's just really such a a fascinating episode, and I think probably one of my favorites uh, today.
0: I agree, and I'm I'm super excited to introduce uh, Lawrence Caswell. All right, so today we are super excited to have with us Lawrence Caswell. Uh, Lawrence Daniel Caswell is the field coordinator for Cleveland Documenters. Caswell has spent 27 years on the radio in Northeast Ohio, including 11 years at IdeaStream, where he also worked on civic engagement and social media. A graduate of Cleveland State University, Caswell lives in Cleveland's Collinwood neighborhood with his wife and daughter. Welcome.
2: We're so excited to have you. Hey, thanks for having me. Stoked to be here.
1: So Lawrence can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you can be a part of uh, Cleveland documenters and neighborhood connections
2: uh yeah I mean I think the I think I mean it's sort of, it's a, a sort of funny path for me in general I mean I didn't sort of set out to be in a necessarily even a journalism space or an engagement space, but I mean I have done those things in in my in my work, and I, I think it really came into focus a little bit for me while at IdeaStream, and I was there for a long time, and I had been in radio and really community radio uh, for a long time before that, so I was really used to being part of. It. I was and I, when I say community radio, I should say uh, Cleveland State's student-run radio station WCSB, which is um, unlike a lot of college radio stations, sees itself as a community service, and it is run by those students. Uh, that really, uh, sort of, sort of set me off on that path and then worked at IdeaStream doing a number of things and then sort of found my way to, um, to focusing on civic engagement uh, and social media, and civic engagement at IdeaStream is a little different than it means than it is for for other companies, and I think even other news organizations. You know, it's not really we're not it's not that we don't want clicks on our pages, and that we're not trying to draw attention to stories, but we're really trying to because we're a public service organization. I say we. I haven't been there for a couple of years now, but uh, um, because we're a public service organization, we really are trying to get folks involved in the conversation of our stories and in the ideas of our stories. Uh, and that was really my bent from IdeaStream. Um, I then left there and uh, started working for a nonprofit startup called Unified uh, Project and then Unified Labs, where I was really doing something similar. Uh, and, and honestly, um, the time that I spent there really crystallized for me. I think not just thinking about engagement, but really this sort of notion of civic infrastructure and trying to end the sort of decay of civic infrastructure and trying to sort of thinking about engagement as trying to build infrastructure for the things that we lost and for the sort of like civic life that we want to have. And I had looked at the the Cleveland Documenters project when I was working at IdeaStream, but then the field coordinator position came up and, 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 I, and I can't speak for anybody else uh, who was at a neighborhood connections or city bureau or the other documenters folks, but it, it was like, I thought it was a perfect job for me. I mean, honestly, I'll tell you, I thought it was my job. That's my job. <laughs> so so yeah that's how uh, that's how i got here
0: that's awesome all right so kind of to make sure that everybody knows cleveland documenters can you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about what it is the, the history of the organization and and um you also referenced uh city bureau can you talk about kind of the connection and relationship uh to that entity as well
2: sure so the documenters program and cleveland documenters um, we recruit, train, and pay city and county residents residents to attend government meetings, public government meetings. For Cleveland, that'll be for the city of Cleveland and for uh, Cuyahoga County. And then um, both live tweet and produce reports of those meetings that are posted up on documenters.org. I mean, that's the that is the basic thing right there. We get citizens into public meetings. They report back. And those reports are tweeted and posted on documenters.org. There's a whole lot more to it than that. It was started by City Bureau. Really, the whole documenters program was started by a group, I believe, called Smart Chicago in 2015. Uh, City Bureau, which is a sort of civic journalism lab out of Chicago, really based in the south, and I believe south and west sides of Chicago, but definitely south side of Chicago. They had been around for for just a little bit and then ended up taking over this documenters program and kind of making it their own. So Documenters has been up and running in Chicago since 2016 uh and in that time they've sort of built this 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 platform Documenters.org, for um for sort of managing for a for listing out all of the um the uh, the meetings that are in chicago they actually they have a sort of related but separate project called the city scrapers project which really uses um for the most part volunteers i mean they have their own it staff but it's most but it's mostly like coding volunteers to write scrapers to scrape um, from the web, information about every um every government meeting in an area. And so they did that for Chicago. and then I mean the the great thing is that once you do that, that resources that resource exists. The scrapers run, I believe, twice a day. Um, even now, if you go to uh, documenters.org, you can look up public meetings. All the public meetings for Chicago, all the public meetings for Detroit, where they also have a documenters bureau, and now all the public meetings for Cleveland and Cuyahoga County. That in and of itself is great because it just it just didn't exist before. City bureau had been operating um, the documenters in Chicago for uh, for a while and i think they knew right off that that there was potential to do this in other cities i definitely know that their city scrapers project is actually i mean the mission of that project isn't even to just do city scraping in chicago their mission is to to figure out the city scraping so they can do that in every american city as a sort of separate mission a sort of sister mission to um the documenters mission so i th- i think they knew relatively early on that that it was going to go to other cities um the first city they went to was um in chicago uh and now they've come to cleveland the one thing i'll say is that it's not really it's although it's city bureau running the um the documenters program it's not really them running it here right it's a, a it's a lot closer to and this is a little weird because we're kind of building it right and it's really just them in chicago and then these two other sort of satellites um, but it's a, it's a lot closer to at least for me to a um, an NPR member station relationship where instead of like the the member station getting content from NPR, we're really getting a um, a platform and some infrastructure for this whole process, and then we really get to run it how we want to run it. I mean, I, I think while we're while still being in line with City Bureau's mission, I, I, I think in some ways. Cleveland Documenters is going to be a little different than the Chicago Documenters Program and, and different than, uh, than in, in Detroit as well, which is a good thing. It's a good thing. It'll, it'll be ours. And I should say I've talked a lot about about City Bureau. But the reason why the Documenters Program is here in Cleveland is because Neighborhood Connections went to City Bureau and basically then went to uh, the Cleveland Foundation and found funding. And that's why that program is actually Neighborhood Connections and the Neighbor Up Network is what's running the Documenters, the Cleveland Documenters here in town.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of power and importance behind local organizations or communities getting to choose who comes in, especially if they're coming in to tell stories about what's going on in those communities. So I think that that's so powerful um, that that's how this is is working. Uh, So... Perhaps our listeners might be questioning why we're talking about, you know, media and journalism, given that the theme here is, right, growing democracy, Um, but the media has long been thought to be the fourth estate, right, where it's the complement of the three branches of government and reports on their actions. Given that, I mean, there's just rapid decline of local newspapers and really a dearth of this kind of -of turn-of-the-screw reporting and information on local governing processes, what have you. In what ways do uh, does uh, Cleveland Documenters fill this
2: gap? I think really clearly, I mean, with, with all of the sort of loss of reporting and reporters and newspapers that has that, happened over the past few decades, that just means fewer eyeballs in these public meetings. Uh, and so this doc, by, by ha- making sure we have, I mean, the goal is to have, um, this is our pilot year, and the goal is to have uh, a, someone taking notes and filing that report, and someone live tweeting at every, um, at about, sorry, not every, I'll say, this is the pilot year for the pilot year, 300 public meetings. That is very likely to be 300 meetings that n- might not have a reporter, that no one showed up for. And all of a sudden, th- those live tweets and those notes are then a resource for other reporters and for citizens to find out what's happening in those meetings and with their government. The The other piece for me, though, I mean, and I think the, the news the sort of notion of filling the gap of um, the sort of loss of reporting and reporters is a big part of it. But the other part of it for me is, I mean, it's sort of similar, but it's, it's almost like a a step back from it. I I really feel like the other piece journalism is the piece of the, the documenters program, but also this other piece is just civic participation. I mean, these are, these are government meetings that are public meetings at the same time, we're, I think we're living in a, in a time where there's very little civic participation uh, and citizens, particularly in the city of Cleveland, feel really distant from the way that the government operates. They don't know if they are supposed to know. They don't know even with those that those meetings go on or that they're supposed to, that they that they can show up. Uh, and I, I really like this Documenters program, A, for giving access to it via the tweet and reports up at documentaries.org, but also... I really, and this is mostly because we haven't started. We haven't started um, really recruiting yet. We're doing a little bit of recruiting, but we haven't started assigning assigning people to meetings. But I have been reading Chicago's uh, testimonies from Chicago's documenters, and a lot about their program, and and hearing from a few of them. And one of the things that really strikes me is that these are folks in. I mean, in some cases, they're folks who, oh, they have an interest in journalism. Oh, they have an interest in in this particular area that this that this uh, that these uh, meetings this particular agency of government is doing. But a lot of these folks are interested in their communities. They, they may be activists. They may be organizers. They may just be folks who want to get things done and learn and disseminate information, but are not folks who, who are like wonky public meeting people. And they didn't even think that they were at the start. It's those folks who are the sort of most interesting to me because those folks – they continually, I was reading these testimonials where folks would go into a couple meetings and then they would, it would start to click to them how government actually works. Not the way we talk about how government works, not the way we write about it, in the, and not the way the folks where they were from thought that it, it worked, but this actual way that it works. So, I mean, yes, filling the gap of reporting on these meetings is important but i'm really curious about what happens with this cohort of documenters down the line like I, like this this group of people who have built up this like knowledge of government and its processes and and all of these things like what are those people going to do with that knowledge in 5 years and 10 years i mean it's part of the reason why i'm really happy that uh the documenters program in Cleveland landed at Neighborhood Connections. I mean, I know it was their idea. It, it didn't. It didn't land here. They went after the. They went after the documenters program and made Cleveland documenters here. But as I said, City Bureau is a civic journalism lab, and in Detroit, they partnered with the public radio station WDET, which is more of a news organization. But Neighborhood Connections. And the neighbor up network as this um, organization really focused on community network building honestly made, made, makes even more sense to me. Uh, I mean, obviously we're, we're, we're trying to build, build community a- around what's happened. What's the, that actual documents, the sort of things that we're producing, but I'm really curious about sort of building up this, this network and community of the documenters. Like I think over time, uh, while I, I, I'm not at all trying to diminish the importance of the actual thing that Documenters.org is doing, but I feel like over time, the impact of those folks could be way huger than this other at- Totally necessary piece that we're doing, which is kind of what you want. You want to be doing something that's good work, but also to have like side effects that outsize that good work. I mean, and and I can totally see that potential happening with the documentaries and it's why it makes it makes total sense for it to be with the Neighbor Up Network and Neighborhood Connections.
1: Yeah, you guys are doing more than just giving them tools, right? You're empowering them to say, I know where to go to look for this information. I know that I belong here. Mm -hmm. And I know now how to share this, too, with my network of people. So that's just really incredible.
2: The way City Bureau describes it, they have this sort of paradigm, which is like they're like there's informing, there's engaging, and then there's equipping people, like actually giving them the tools, not just sort of getting them to think about the ideas, not just telling them the information, but actually giving them giving them tools to participate um more fully in their their government in their society
0: i love that i mean and and it really connects back to with the you know the conversation you were having earlier about civic infrastructure right so that uh this program and this platform really helped to um create and shape a civic infrastructure that Um, can just grow right like it's it's you know it's i love the fact that it's filling gaps it's it's meeting a really important need in cleveland and detroit and chicago and likely you know elsewhere from there on out but um but it also has individual community level impacts that ripple um anyways so yes i 100 percent like listening to you talk i'm like yes i love this it's everything that we want to do in uh, you know growing democracy and totally want to amplify it um so uh, can, I want to go back, and you've referenced it, but I just want to kind of talk about it a little bit more. And just from your perspective, why is the work um, done by uh, Cleveland Documenters or going to be done by Cleveland Documenters so particularly important in a city like Cleveland? Like, So what is it about Cleveland that makes it similar to a place like Chicago or Detroit, right? So from your perspective.
2: I don't necessarily know that I would say... That they're similar. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that they're not similar, but I think things that they have in common that I think most American cities have in common, particularly Midwestern American cities, are populations who are pretty disenfranchised and don't feel like they're part of the way that city operates. Uh, And also a large degree of public activity, of government activity, happening out of the view of the public and no eyeballs. I mean, that, the news situation is the situation everywhere. I mean, Chicago, Chicago, they have multiple papers, but it's still, it's not what it was. And it's definitely not what it was here in Cleveland. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's super crucial. Uh, it's one of those ideas uh, that um, when I heard it back at IdeaStream, they're, they're, act- they're actually doing this. I was like, oh, how do, how do I, I mean, I, I have honestly been saying since I first heard about this, how do I bring this to Cleveland? And then luckily somebody did it without me and then asked me to come along.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah. No, I mean, that is right. So uh, fortuitous. That's serendipity, right? (laughs) So what's so interesting to me about Cleveland Documenters is that in many ways, as you alluded to, it's not a reporting tool, but a platform for civic and political engagement. So what is it that you hope long-term comes kind of from this project, right? So it might start off as a small ripple where you have 300 folks, right, that now understand, have a better understanding of how they can get engaged in their community. What is a, a longer-term goal from that do you see?
2: Well, I guess I first want to sort of start off saying that we, we the whole, the, the whole of the team on Cleveland Documenters really feels like we, we, we want to impress that we don't see this as a project or as an initiative. Like we want this to be something that's, I mean, it's a, we're, it, this is a, it's a one-year pilot, but we want this to be something that becomes an institution in Cleveland. And, and I think having, so, I mean, I, I guess I have a number of lists of long-term goals, you know, I mean, I think, I think one of those, one of those long-term goals is having an expectation that public meetings, that government meetings are going to be reported and covered and understood and and sort of gone through by the public that those things are are actually transparent and in the public view and the public is participating in them is that just continues on that we do it we establish it and it's the expectation I mean that's that is a one long term goal for me I, I think another long term goal for me is the thing I, I really spoke about before is about building this community this network of documenters. Uh, folks who are coming to these meetings and learning about this sort of the way the government is operating and thinking about and then taking that information back. I, my goal, long term goal, and, and I mean, I, it's sort of a medium term goal because <laughs> I'm thinking about it so much. But my long term goal is to really build that up as a sustainable network, a sustainable community, and then let it go. I don't have any goals for them beyond what they want. I just, I get stoked thinking about it. Like I, I, I want to build this community so bad. <laughs> it makes so much sense to me. I, I should also, I just want to pause to say, um, and I don't know if there's a spot where we can maybe drop this in earlier. If you, if this actually comes out on, um on a uh, before September 3rd, I just want to say we are having an open house. Um, uh, although, maybe I'll wait to say this because now I'm realizing I actually don't have hard links. <laughs> I don't know where to send people. Um, like uh, it's, everything's so new. I don't have like, like I have an open house, but I don't know where to send anybody. Um, you can email um, us the hard links and we can ah, record them. That's, that's perfect.
0: So, you know, one of the things that you were just mentioning, Lawrence, that I, I thought, you know, really resonated with me is number one, this is the beginning. It's a pilot year. Um, you have short term, long term, midterm goals. Yep. But I do know that, um, so the, the goal is for this to come out here um, really quickly. Uh, we're recording this in August. Y'all are, from what I understand, launching in September. Could you tell us a little bit about what that looks like and what your launch looks like and, uh, uh, and how people might be able to participate?
2: Sure. Uh, well, the, the first thing folks can do, and I w- I just would tell folks this right off, go to documenters.org, sign up, and fill out on your profile a very brief application. I, I ask the folks fill out the application and not just sign up because, A, it doesn't take that long, but B, we'll, we'll be able to know that you want to be a Cleveland documenter, both, both by you choosing Cleveland and also by your zip code. So that's the first thing folks can do if they're interested. Also, um, once you sign up, we'll let you know more information. We'll tell you about the uh, the trainings and other events we have coming up and, and all that other good stuff. So first thing, documenters.org is the first thing you, you should do. I did it yesterday. Um, it's super easy. Super easy. Yeah, it is. It really is. I sort of feel like because uh, a couple of people have, have been on and, and like uh, I saw that they signed up and they didn't fill out the application. And I don't think they even clicked on it because they just are thinking application. Oh, I got to fill out my resume. Like, no, no, it's not that. It's not that deep. It, it just takes a little bit. It's, it's not much at all. Documenters.org. So anyway, I mean, before I start to talk about how we're really starting off, I think I, I'd like to just talk, take a second to talk about our approach. Like like I said before, we really want to build this up as an institution, something that's here and stays here. And because of that, we're trying to, we're all really stoked about this project, but we're also trying to make sure that all of these pieces are in place and that it's done right, and that, and we don't overhype it and blow it up, and then blow it out on the bottom half. Like we, we don't want to do that. Um, so we're starting off on September third uh, with an open house, a Zoom open house. Everything's on Zoom right now, a virtual open house, not not for for documenters, but also just for the community to see what's on the site, what we're about, and think about ways to use it. And and I would really like to have a discussion, a little bit of a discussion with the folks who show up about how how all of us see this sort of existing in the uh, sort of Cleveland civic landscape. So that's a, that's a, a, a our first official event as a launch uh, as I said, in September, um, September 3rd uh, at 6 PM. After that, um, I think it may be in late September. We're still trying to, cause there's just, just a bu- like a bunch of little things. We sort of got to st- like process stuff and bureaucratic, like how, how are we going to pay people and all these things like, Somewhere between late September, early August, we will hold our first orientation and training. And then we'll start this series of trainings uh, uh, as we go out through the rest of the year. It may be once a month. I think right now we're looking at a once a month ske- schedule. If we have a demand for more trainings, we'll we'll schedule more. But the trainings are once folks have gone into documenters.org, signed up and filled out the application, attending these orientation and trainings are, I mean, a they'll tell you what you need to know about being a documenter. It, it, introduce them to the field guide, and tell you give you some skills on how to begin taking notes. But then you'll also like you'll have to sort of check in at those, and then you'll be able to take your first assignment. So really, once we do our first orientation and training, we'll be able to uh, assign our first meetings. And the way that works for folks who are signed up on Documenter.org. Is that like anyone who goes on the site, whether you sign up or not, you can see those meetings. But once you've signed up, you can choose which meetings you'd like to attend that week. And then, as field coordinator, my job is to sort of go through those, look at those folks' skills, and think about the other things, and then assign those meetings. So, um, but once folks actually go through that training, those tr- those trainings, which as I said, should be in late September or early October, we're gonna we'll be starting. We'll be going from there. And I think, uh I, I it's, I mean, I'm, it's one of those things where I'm really stoked, but I'm also like, all right, then we're actually doing it. It's, it's, it's happening. Like, it's, it's at that moment once we do that training. And there, there are a number of other trainings, trainings on live tweetings, trainings on, um. Trainings on audio and video recording in public meetings, some more journalism skills and some other things we'll be, we'll be doing the old trainings and adding new trainings as we go on. So I think when we begin, we're not going to be doing live tweeting right off. We could, but we just, as I said, we, we really want to like do this slow and right and make sure that. that That it all works and everyone feels good with where they're at. And I don't just mean folks checking the site and I don't just mean folks running these government meetings. I also mean our documenters. I want to make sure that they're all, they're taken care of and they feel like they're part of a community uh that's supportive and informative.
0: so one of the one of the for me, one of the really interesting parts of the documenters program. So most of the time when Casey and I are talking to people, we're talking about volunteer work. We're talking about engagement, which I think is super important. I don't want to diminish um, unpaid labor that we give to our communities. but it I think it's a a significant thing. That the Cleveland Documenters is a paid position. Could you could you just tell us a little bit about what that means, um, and how you all came to uh, to be able to do that?
2: Um, I mean, I think I can a little bit. I, I don't think that I can speak to city bureau I mean, because it's really the decision to pay folks for for the documenters program is a, is a city bureau decision. I wholeheartedly agree with it. I mean, I, I think it makes the most sense. We're asking for people's time and expertise to do something that's a resource that's valuable for the community at large. Uh, it's a value, so why shouldn't we pay for it? It, it makes the most sense to me. Um, you know, it's sixteen bucks an hour, folks get paid for the time of the the time of the meeting, the duration of the meeting, plus some time in the the front end for prep and some time in the back end to review and sort of compile their notes. You know, that could vary pretty widely, but like for not that much time, it could be 50, 60 bucks uh, and for someone who has the time, it's a little extra cash. I would love to take in a bunch of volunteers to like to do this work, you know, like not that I would love to take them in, but it would be great if we could get everybody together. But uh, uh, to pony up and get divvy their time to take this uh, this sort of task on. But I mean, it's 2020. Anybody got time for that? Like I'm not, I like pre pre covid. Everybody has jobs. Everybody has kids. Everybody has families. Everyone's got to eat. Everybody's got to eat. Everybody's got to eat. Uh, it like acting like for things that we care about and things that we need, acting like that's not a fundamental fundamental reality, isn't helpful, and it's not going to help us build past. We're, we're, it's not going to help us build to where we need to be.
0: And it's everybody's got to eat, right? Like so, more people. Yep. Like so, you, you kind of get rid of like the white affluent suburban retiree is the only person mm-hmm. who's capable of doing that yep. work, right? Like all of a sudden. And, you know, yep. it kind of breaks down some of those barriers. Anyway, sorry. Mm-hmm. Thanks for letting me jump yep. in there, Casey. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so now Lawrence, not all of us live in either Cuyahoga County or in Cleveland. I'm very sad mm-hmm. I can't participate <laughs> in Summit. Oh no. Let's expand this to Akron. <laughs>
2: uh it's on the list Oh, really? it's on the oh. list I mean at least I'm not not saying we're doing this for sure, but I mean I, I think this was always the uh the idea to eventually expand expand oh, okay. and i sh- I will also say that um like granted it's three weeks in for me with this documentary program, and it's been a bunch of information, but I am pretty sure there is no um prohibition on where you live to become a documenter. Okay. So if you can make it to those meetings and you're in Summit County and you want to make it to those meetings, there's no reason why why you shouldn't be able to sign up and be a documenter. Like I, I'm, I'm not I'm not speaking out of turn. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to sign up. So you could totally be a documenter of of Cleveland and Cuyahoga County meetings from Summit County. Looking ahead to uh, um, when we will be in Summit County and actually- okay,
1: Lister, I'll also- I. Okay, listen. you hear
2: that? I'm signing yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, also I,
0: I, I'm on documenters.org right now, because, you know,
2: why not? Oh. <laughs> yeah, why not? Is listed. Yes! Oh well, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, um, I, and I we haven't, as I said, we haven't spoken about th- this part yet, Um, but I suspect that the, I don't know how many, I suspect that they have it there, there's a placeholder for it, and they are probably scraping some meetings, but I'm guessing not all meetings yet. Um, But yeah, it's up there. It's up there in the drop-down, so it's it's totally it is within uh, our um, long term goals. I'm not I'm not sure when I kind of want to get through. I mean, I want to say I want to get through this pilot year, but really, I'm trying to get through six months. like so I can breathe like six months. Like, all right, we will likely have done every training at least once. We have a good amount of like documenters and like a good sense of who we need to get um, and how we need to sort of keep this group because our goal at a bare minimum of representation have the documenters be representative of the city of Cleveland. Uh, and, and honestly, I mean, I think that's like a, that's like a, the sort of low, low bar goal. I, I think really we're looking for even more representation from underserved communities, from black and brown communities, from poor communities. I, I think it makes the most sense, particularly for the sort of, uh, as you say, the sort of gap that we're trying to fill, like that gap is not felt the same throughout the community.
1: Yeah, and especially with uh, the fact that you guys are paying uh, the documenters. I mean, this is a great way to kind of uh, uh, chip away at those social inequities that um, that yep. exist. And I just, it's just such a fabulous project. So for our yep. listeners that are, maybe aren't in Ohio, we're actually international, so mm-hmm. congrats. Um, oh, um, <laughs> how can they get involved with Cleveland Documenters? I mean, are, are there places where they can, like, uh, give money to, or where can they even just follow the, the news that's being reported?
2: uh well we don't we don't have donations set up right now I mean we're actually funded for this year it doesn't mean we won't be doing that in the future but we're good right now Um I think the main the main way for folks to keep in touch is documentish.org I mean that's you can find all all of the the um the meetings listed the reports the live tweets from all the cities involved that are actually that are currently um doing that documenting it's all up there uh, if you sign up even if you don't sign up to be a documenter if you sign up we'll have your information and then we'll keep in contact with you with other projects I mean I I I haven't brought up a lot of the sort of like in between things I mean we've talked because that which is which is fine because like we, we're trying to get the base down uh, and I am really focused on sort of this community network building with the documenters that community but I think the other part of this is what we do with these reports and live tweets after the fact. I mean, I mean, some of this is going to be relationship building with news organizations and individual reporters. Relationship building um, with uh, community organizations, with neighborhood organizations. I mean, it's, I, I mean, and I, I say some of that is relationship building, but some of that is going to be, all right, we have these notes in these meetings. Um, we have a bunch of them. How do we compile this or collect this or kick it out in a way that's even more understandable to the community? It's not that I'm not asking myself those questions right now, but I'm asking myself those questions that on a page in my notebook that is indexed. So I know where it is <laughs> because I, I, because at some point we're going to need to dig into those because I, I, like I, I don't want to suggest that it's like. I don't think it's enough. I I, I love this documentary program. I like what Chicago's done, and they've done a good a good amount of this. But I don't think it's enough just to say, "Oh, well, we have these meetings on this website. The meetings are up there. The notes are up there." Sort of going back to this idea of the gap. I think that the thing that, and and this is not a, like a diss or a criticism, but the thing that sort of rubs me wrong about the gap the idea, but the like is that, uh, um, so something was something was removed in in our sort of civic culture, right? And there's and there's a gap there. So you can fill that gap, which is totally fine. Or you could actually build something within and and around the gap that serves that function and other functions that you actually want. Uh, I mean, this is kind of what I feel like the documenters is. This is when when I start thinking about, like, how do we make this information useful? How do we? It's more than just about the gap. It's about how do we build civic infrastructure for the civic society that we want? Like, what did we lose? What does that mean? How did that function? What are the functions that we want going forward? And and like, what I really lo- love and appreciate about the folks at City Bureau, Bureau is that whether or not they're using that language, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, that's clearly where they're coming from. Uh, for them, it's not like, oh, there aren't enough reporters. How do we fix that? For them, it's like, how do we build this this thing that could that could be what we need and, and greater than just this uh, this those missing reporters.
1: Yeah, it sounds like the journalism is the side effect of of the real mission of the program, and that's—I mean—that's just—it's—it's it's kind of blowing my mind a little bit because it's such a great idea. It's so fabulous.
2: You didn't do a idea. How is this
1: not more widespread? Right.
2: Hopefully soon. <laughs> Hopefully soon. I mean, you know, I, I'm really hoping. And that is—I don't want to suggest that the, that the, um, that journalism isn't the main thing of the folks at City Bureau, um, but I think it speaks to what they built that they built this thing that can be more. Uh, I mean, when I, when I first started having conversations, I mean, they clearly, Neighborhood Connections was already part of that conversation. They were already talking about community network building. And then I came in and started talking about it more and was a little cautious for that exact reason because the focus, as I had read, had been much more about journalism. And then after I started speaking, they were really like the folks from City Bureau, Daryl in particular, was like, no, no, that's that's actually why, that's why we brought you in. That's what we want to do. I think they're really open to... All right, like we've been able to focus on this in Chicago and at, and at City Bureau. We deliver this platform and this infrastructure to folks at another city. They build their own things on it, and maybe they'll build some things in that that really we we end up adopting. I mean, I think it's a full possibility that these sort of methods and processes that we build for for both, you know, um, uh, equipping and engaging the community with what's on documenters.org and building the network of the documenters, I think there's a good chance that a lot of those processes are going to feed back in Chicago and feed back to Detroit and feed out to other places uh, um, that are that are doing this. I just want to make sure that I'm dotting I's and crossing T's so that we actually get to the point where that happens. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. <laughs> like, so yeah. when we interview you, you know, you know,
0: six months from now, then you'll be like, okay. Yeah, yeah. This is what yeah. we've done. These
2: are the yeah, hurdles yeah. that we've. <laughs> this is where we messed up. Scale. We learned. Yeah, I will absolutely be like that. <laughs> like, okay, all that other stuff I said. Eh, yeah. <laughs> Can appreciate that. Yeah. So this is
0: I, this has been really enlightening for me. I'm just learning more about it when I, I started when we started having these conversations about what you were doing, looking up on the website. I mean, so as somebody who. <laughs> I like to pretend to pride myself on, you know, being a local government scholar and being really interested in civic engagement. I had heard of City Bureau, but I didn't know about Documenters.org. Um, and so it's just so exciting to me. Right. So for me as a like individual, like this, this conversation is so exciting exciting. (laughs) Is there anything else that you want to add? Anything that we missed while we were having a conversation? Any words of wisdom for our listeners um, before we depart?
2: I mean, I think the main thing is if you were at all interested in this and all interested in finding out about it and even just like learning a little bit more, maybe you think you might want to be a documenter, maybe you just want to hear about it, sign up at documenters.org. Also, feel free to, and I'll give you guys my contact information, like legitimately, feel free to send me an email, ask me questions. I love answering questions about this. You can tell I love talking about this. Actually, I want to thank you guys for for like for having me on because this it's still three weeks in, and I have not like I've talked with it with about it with my wife and and with the other folks that like you know at Neighbor Up and 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 the documenters. But like I it's I'm kind of stoked to be able to get a chance to actually talk about it with other people. Um, so this is this is great. <laughs> it's a it's fantastic. But yeah, I mean I think um, uh, really documenters dot org. Visit, sign up, uh, see what's on the site. Uh, contact me with any of your questions. We'll be in contact with you once you sign up, uh, and uh, we'll see where this journey takes us.
0: Thank you so much.
2: I, I'm, I'm,
1: I'm stoked. <laughs> me too. I, yeah, me too. This is just so exciting. <laughs> me, I can't wait for it to roll out now.
2: <laughs> I know. I know. Me too. Like I'm, I'm like this, this piece of tension where I'm like the like a we're excited, but also got to make sure we do it right. Like this is like my my whole life, my whole life is like being pulled between those two. Walking things. that like, tightrope. Uh, yep. Yeah, totally. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yep.
0: Well, thank you so much, Lawrence. We really appreciate having you.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Thanks for listening to the Growing Democracy podcast. I'm Casey Boyd-Swan, and my co-host is Ashley Nichols. Our podcast is edited by Jeremy Demery at Golden Ox Studio right here in Cleveland, Ohio, and supported by the American Political Science Association. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website, growingdemocracyoh.org. Join us next time when we continue this conversation about gap filling.